This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. We are heard at this hour every weekend on CKNW. We'll begin taking your calls in just a moment at 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898, or star 9898 on your cell. Lior, I cannot think of a show that I've done over the last number of years that has resulted in the type of reaction we had from our show last week on the Employment Hour. I mean, it's just been incredible, the numbers of people who have come forward and said, you know what, I've got a problem with my employer, or I've been terminated. Well, how do I go about getting some help? I mean, we heard from a self-employed person uh, last week, got let go just before Christmas. He was working about six hours a week. He, he'd worked there for about three years, wanted to know what to do. Alan called in uh, for a friend uh, who was going in at age 71, worried about ageism. Alicia called in, 58 years old, 12 years on the job as a property manager, looking for your advice as an employment lawyer. I didn't realize that there was this wellspring of problems. Well, Manny, it really was a a terrific, terrific response. I've been getting calls uh, all week and emails uh, at my office, people asking questions, people wanting to be informed to understand their legal rights, to, to enforce those rights. Manny, we all have jobs, we all work, and we all spend so much time working. So what happens in work is significant, it's important. And the law is actually, believe it or not, Manny, quite good when it comes to protecting individual rights. The law is substantial and substantive. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't really understand what the law is. They don't know their rights, uh, and they don't know how to enforce them. So that's why we're here. And so if you're listening to us right now, maybe you're, you're driving in your car and you had a bad week, uh, you want to know if your employer did something uh, or if they're able to do what they did, you have questions, give us a call. We're here to 6 o'clock to answer those questions. If you're more bashful, you can always call me at the office. Happy to talk to you. But these are important things, and we're going to do everything possible every single week right here on CKNW to educate people about uh, legal rights in the workplace. This is the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. Manny Bazunas, along with one of Canada's leading employment lawyers, Lior Samfiru, toll-free 1-855-821-5900. Or you can email Lior, help at employmenthour.com, or you can call us live right now, 604-280-9898, 2809898 always like to look at your busy week your schedule of events from this past week Lior any <laughs> thing sort of jump out at you yeah, and let me tell you about a couple of situations, Manny. Actually, these were from people that listened to our show uh, last week and then ended up calling me uh, at the office. The first one involved a lady who was in a very difficult situation. She got a, a new boss about six months ago, and since then, the boss started essentially mistreating her, uh, speaking very rudely for her, also making some inappropriate sexual remarks, putting her down in front of others, excluding her. It was clear that this person's management style was just abrasive and completely unprofessional. Now, she did what she could, this, this uh, lady. She spoke to HR, and nothing was done about it. 
Now, things got so bad, Manny, that she ended up having to go on a medical leave of absence. It got so bad that she was suffering from depression and anxiety. She couldn't eat. She couldn't sleep. Uh, because, you know, let's face it, that's how sometimes workplace situations can impact us off work. And she called me after she heard our show saying, what am I going to do? My medical leave is about to end. I can't imagine going back to work. Do I have to? What are my options? So here's what I told her, uh, Manny. I told her that we all have the right to work in a workplace that's free of harassment, in a workplace that's not poisoned, in a workplace that's, that's supportive and productive. And when that very basic right is breached, it's violated, something happens that changes that, that right, well, we don't have to take it. We have rights. And what we can do is we can treat our employment as being terminated. We call this a constructive dismissal. We mentioned this on the on, on last week's show briefly. The idea being that something has happened in the workplace now that makes it impossible for us to continue working. Now, in the eyes of the law, that's a termination, which means the employee is entitled to severance. Even though she would be the one, quote-unquote, uh, quitting, the law treats that as a termination. And for this lady, she worked for the company for six years. She'd be owed right around nine months' pay, nine to ten months' pay. She was in a relatively senior position. And, and so that's what I told her. And she was so relieved. She thought she had no chance either to just quit and, and, and leave without compensation or go back to work and continue suffering. A lot of our listeners, Manny, may find themselves, unfortunately, in that situation. I've spoken with so many people over the years that have suffered from workplace harassment. And, and I want you to know, if you're listening to us right now, there is something you can do about it. You don't just have to suffer. Give us a call on the show. Give me a call at the office. I promise I'll help you just like I'm helping this lady right now. So, Manny, this was a very important call that you made. And over the next few weeks, I'm sure we can get her matter resolved. Well, I'd like to hear the follow-up to that because I think when we're talking about uh, stress on the job, so many people now are claiming a mental health leave. How is that determined, Lior? I mean, it's one thing for you to have to make decisions every day that are stressful. We all do in the workplace. But when does it become so stressful that I actually have to leave the job. Who determines that? And that's a great question. And ultimately, the determination has to be made by a doctor. Uh, so the employee is not really qualified to decide, can I work or can I not? I mean, the employee can and should speak to their doctor and give them their opinion. But ultimately, the doctor is the one that's going to be deciding whether the person is able to work. And if the, the doctor decides that this employee should be off work, the doctor will provide the employee a letter, a note saying, you cannot work, whether that's for a day, a week, or indefinitely. And once that happens, and this is the key, the employer doesn't have a choice. Once you pre- present the employer with a letter from a doctor saying you can't work, there's no choice. The employer has to give you a medical leave of absence. And sometimes it could be weeks, sometimes months. There's even been situations where medical leaves of absence would be in the years. Hopefully you're not you know, that ill, but that's an option. So as long as the doctor says you cannot work, that's all you need. And by the way, if that's the situation, you should never be worried about a reprisal, about punishment from your employer for not being able to work. As long as the doctor says so, guess what? That's fine. You don't have to work. Uh, and you can get better, uh, uh, hopefully, away from, from the office. Well, I think there's a lot less stigma now attached to it, Lior, as uh, we tend to educate ourselves now. And uh, gosh forbid that any of us 
uh, fall victim to a mental health issue, uh, whether it's in relation to the job or not. But I think we've all become much more aware, and certainly the law has become much more aware, as you point out. Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. If you have a workplace problem or issue, perhaps you've been terminated or feel you might be terminated, this is the person you want to talk to. We're going to take your calls when we come back after this break. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll pick up the tab on that. If you want to call during the week to Lior, toll free. 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900, or an email will suffice, help at employmenthour.com. You are listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. Manny Bazunas at the helm of the ship, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Employment Hour. On News Talk 980 CKNW, Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. So pleased you could be with us. We're taking your calls live if you have a workplace issue, problem, hassle, or maybe you're an employer and you've got that problem employee and don't quite know how to get rid of him or her legally without any far-reaching repercussions, and that can be financial as well. 604-280-9898. We're taking your call, 604-280-9898, or star 9898. On your cell, so many people, Lior, maybe you can answer this quickly while we begin racking up some calls here for you. Uh, What is it about employers who like to change your job description and not give you any more money? You know, it is... A common situation. From an employer standpoint, I, I can understand that an employer wants to have flexibility. Obviously, the more flexibility for an employer, the better. An employer should want to be able to make changes to, to job, to compensation, to, to work hours. But from an employee standpoint, that could be a very bad thing. If I signed up for a particular job, uh, and my job is job X, and I work Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, at this location. Well, that's my job. I don't want to be moved somewhere. I don't want a different job. I don't want different compensation, uh, at least not without my agreement. Well, that's where the law comes in. And the law makes it very clear that an employer does not have a right to make unilateral significant changes to the terms of employment. An employer simply cannot do that, which means that if uh, you're, despite what I just said, your employer tries to make a significant change, you have a choice. You have an option. And the choice is as follows. You can choose to accept the change and continue working, or you can treat the change as a constructive dismissal. Essentially, you can treat that as a termination, leave, and require the company to pay you severance. Now, one of the reasons why you may want to consider that, if you're listening to me right now and your employer just uh, uh, changed your job in a very significant way and you don't know whether you should accept it or not, here's the problem with accepting it. If you accept this change, whether it's a change in uh, job duties, it's a demotion, it's a pay decrease, by doing that, you then arguably give the employer the right to do it again in the future. So that's the problem. So you may think this is just a one-time thing. By by allowing the employer to do this quote-unquote one-time thing, down the road now you've given, the, given them the right to do it again, and the next time they make a change like that, it no longer would be a constructive dismissal. At that point, you won't have any choices. So the problem with allowing the employer to make a change like that is giving them the right and having those things happen again in the future. From the employer standpoint, the only way you can actually do that legally, make a change legally, is you want to put a term in an employment agreement that says, by the way, employee, 
we have a right to change your compensation or your job duties, etc. If the employer did not do that, if the employer did not include the term like that in the employment agreement, then Manny, the employer does not have a right to change the terms and it becomes a constructive dismissal. Well, most people will tell you, look, my employer is asking more of me. I'm working longer and harder, and I'm not getting any more money. How do you, other than waltzing into the boss's office and saying, look, you've changed the terms of my employment. You want me to do X, Y, and now Z, but you're only paying me for X and Y, but you've thrown Z into the equation. Yeah, and and ultimately it comes down to how much of an impact Z has, how much more different the job becomes now that you're doing X, Y, and Z as well. If it's not something that was part of the original deal, then again, the employer doesn't have to, to, to do, doesn't have a right to do that. But as the employee, you always have to make that decision. Am I going to do something about it? Am I, maybe I'll just talk to the employer, but if they refuse, do I want to take legal action? Do I want to pursue this as a constructive dismissal? Or am I going to be quote unquote the good soldier? And that's a personal decision. But the problem I have, as I said, is, is not just about, you know, if it's a one-time thing, I can see it. My problem is, my concern is I'm always thinking longer term. I'm always thinking this time, okay, they've just added Z. But by giving them a right to add Z, next week maybe they'll add A, B, C, and D as well. And then you, you really are stuck. So you, really something to think about. 604-280-9898. Love to hear from you, whatever problems you're having in the workplace, especially if you think you're going to be terminated or, as we've just been talking about, Uh, Maybe the boss has changed your job description. You really don't like it. You're working longer and harder for less money. Or you're put in a position where you've been working at something that you don't really know, and you think, gosh, did they put me in that position so they can fire me? What are your rights? Well, we've got one of the nation's leading employment lawyers on with us this week, as we do every weekend at this hour, Lior Samfiru. You are listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. Again, our number 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898. or star 9898 on your cell. We'd love to hear from you. Emails this week, Lior. From Stan, I was let go recently and paid one week severance for every year worked. My employer says this is all they owe me because that is what my employment agreement says. I do not have a copy of this agreement. What do I do? Well, it's an excellent question, and thank you for, for that email, Stan. And so here's, here's how it works. First of all, if your employment agreement does not limit your entitlements, you're going to be owed a lot more than a week's severance for every year of work, depending on a number of factors. It could be a month's pay. It could be two months' pay. It can even be more than that. So we really need to see what that employment agreement says. In, in some situations, an employer may stipulate in the employment agreement what they would have to pay you if at some point down the road they let you go. Here's the thing, and here's what I want our listeners to know. In many of these cases, I'm going to say about 80% of them, when the employment agreement tries to limit entitlements, it actually does not do so effectively. So you may have signed an employment agreement and your employer says, well, look at it tier Stan. This limits your entitlements. In 80% of those cases, that actually is not the case. It's not drafted well enough. Our courts have said that to limit someone's severance entitlements, you have to draft the agreement in a very, very, very specific way, and most employers don't do a good enough job. So if you don't have a copy of the employment agreement, it's quite simple. Ask for it. Your employer should not have a problem giving you a copy. They probably assume you already have it. If you're not feeling comfortable asking for it for whatever reason, let me know. I can ask for it for you. 
but you really want to have a copy of the employment agreement. And for, for the rest of our listeners, if you just lost your job and your employer is saying, well, no, we don't have to pay you your full severance because of this employment agreement that you signed, give me a call. Let me look at that employment agreement. As I said, in the vast majority of cases, 80%, it's going to turn out that the employment agreement does not limit your entitlements. Of course, there is that time limitation we talked about on last week's show that you've got to get to Lior before two years. Two years, yeah. And, and yeah. you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually had a couple of people uh, over the week that, that heard us uh, uh, last week uh, call me and, and they're saying, you know, thank God that I heard, I heard you or I heard about you and here's my situation. And in those couple of situations, they, they were more than two years. So, so please don't let that happen to you. That limitation period is firm. There's really no wiggle room there. So if you lost your job, the time to deal with it is now or certainly as soon as possible. Yeah, Robert called in last week. He was a stockbroker for 13 years. He underwent a performance review. 46 years old. He thought he was owed so much money and he had waited 17 months. So it was 17 months last week. And so he's seven months under that obvious two-year statute of limitations and got a hold of Lior. And Lior is going to work things out. Lior Samfior, one of uh, the nation's leading employment lawyers. Lior Samfiru is just the number one person you want to talk to if it comes to employment law. Okay, we got to get to some calls, Lior. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. You're listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas. Uh, Beth, welcome to the show. Okay. Get some advice from you. Um, I've been sure. working for this company for about twelve years. I'm sixty-three years old, but I, I kind of get the feeling that my boss wants me, is trying to do things to get me to quit. Um, I sometimes, like when I go to work, it just feels like everybody's kind of against me, and then he's got double standards. So I'll just give you a couple of incidents, like. Um, in our, in our firm, nobody can take, he says, nobody can take vacations from January to March. It's a blackout period. It's peak period. So we can't take vacations. So I've asked, you know, a couple of times for an exception in early January to see if I could have vacation. It was an emphatic no. But yet other people have asked and he has said yes to them. Um, right. he, he has a schedule and, you know, we're all kind of on the same level playing field. It's not like someone's in a more senior position than me, but. If I come in late, he, he addresses it. Like, even if I'm, like, five minutes late, which I'm very rarely late. Like, I'm, I, I would say in the last 12 years I've been late maybe six times. But if I'm late, he brings it up, and it's really serious. I get written up about it. But other people come in late. He doesn't say one word to them at all. Um, if I eat lunch at my desk, and I'm not at the front desk. It's not like I'm greeting people. If I eat lunch at my desk, he freaks out and says, no, you can't eat lunch at your desk. Go to the lunchroom. But again, he lets other people do it. And I just feel like he's picking on me. And then what's happening is, is that because he's always on me, um, other people aren't friendly with me in the office. It's kind of like I'm, I've got leprosy now because he's, yeah. like, he's doing stuff to me. And I just, it makes me feel like when Monday morning rolls around, I, I feel really upset. Like I have to go back to work because I just feel like nobody likes me there. And I feel like it really centers around what he's doing to me. And I feel... I don't know, but I feel like it's ageism. Like, I feel like because I'm 63, you know, and I've been with him for 12 years, and, I, you know, personally, I think he's quite a cheap person, and I think that he, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I just wanted some advice there. Like, what can I say sure. to him yeah. without jeopardizing my job? 
So, so Beth, what you've described now is, is a classic poisoned work environment. I, I touched on that briefly in the first segment, and, and that is a situation where something has happened or, or a series of events occur that make it very difficult for you to continue working, and you're no longer working in, in a happy and supportive work environment. Now, I, I, I agree with what you were saying at the end there, that as an initial step, it may not be a bad idea to try to speak with him. And, and I would have a frank and open discussion, simply saying, here's my concern, here's what I've observed, you know, what, what gives? Can we do something better? I want to continue working. I want to have a healthy relationship here. Uh, can, can we find uh, a solution to these issues? If you do that, I would want you then confirming in writing what actually was, was said and done. Here's my take on this, just because I've seen this happen so many times. My feeling is, Beth, that even though it's worthwhile having that discussion, I, I don't think it's going to be effective. It, it is clear to me that he's trying to push you out for, for his reasons. So if that's not successful, the only thing then I would suggest you do, and this is extremely important, is I want you to start documenting what happens. So he, he picks on you when he shouldn't be. Write it down. Have some sort of a, of a journal or a log when you write things contemporaneously. He's excluding you. He's yelling at you. He's treating you differently than colleagues. Keep, it, keep a track of it. And in fact, what I also would want you to do at the same time is send him an email confirming what just happened so, so that there's that record that's being kept. You know, you, you, you yelled at me today. I didn't appreciate it. Keep that log. Because once you have that, we may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal and extract you from there with compensation. I can tell you that after 12 years, you're going to be owed a significant amount of compensation. It's certainly going to be north of a year's pay that you're going to be owed, potentially significantly more than that. So if he really wants you gone, he would like for you to just quit and not have to pay you. We may be able to get you out of there so you don't have to face the situation, but with full compensation. I want you to keep track of things, and I want you to give me a call off air certainly before you ever consider uh, a quitting, because if you're going to leave there, we have to make sure it's with compensation. And with a strategy of some sort. Beth, uh, just stay on the line. Our producer will get you Lior Samfiru's direct number. You can always email Lior, Vancouver Employment, or make that help at employmenthour.com, help at employmenthour.com, or call Lior, toll-free, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900, or call us now. Live, 604-280-9898. Going to take a break. Come back with more of your calls to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980. CKNW, I'm Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980. CKNW, Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. We are heard at this hour every weekend on CKNW. 604-280-9898 is our telephone number to reach us live as we speak. 604-280-9898. Got a problem in the workplace? Wow, that last call from Beth. You know, the poisoned workplace, Lior. How many people have worked in a poisoned workplace? Uh, put up your hands. Oh, my, a full house here. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's it's hands a, are up. A, a, yeah, everybody at some point has worked in a poisoned workplace. And there is a way out. Uh, Beth talked about. Uh, some of the things her boss was laying down on her and just uh, just was not pleased, so she's going to get a hold of uh, Lior during the week. Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers, available to you right now, 604-280-9898. You can always email Lior, help at employmenthour.com. Help at employmenthour.com. Let's take some calls. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. 
How are you? Good, pretty good. Good. What's your question for Lior? Just had a quick question. Uh, when we're uh, doing, uh, say, uh, like for contracting work, I, uh, I'm uh, a contractor in town, and just wondering, is there any, uh, what does the law say about, like, uh, how many hours a week uh, you're allowed to work with uh, without getting overtime? Is there anything, is there any So. Yeah, with respect to overtime, generally speaking, any anything over eight hours a day, uh, you have to get uh, overtime a time and a half, and anything over 40 hours a week, you have to get paid uh, overtime. Now, okay. uh, how many hours in your situation were you working? Well, it's very it's very weird because it's uh, it's a, like I said, it's a contracting job, and uh, it's uh, it can it can vary wildly. Some hours, some weeks, uh, it's under 40. Some some it's 60. Uh, the, the 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 twist in the in the story is it's piecework, so I'm not sure how that factors into it. Right, so and, get, and ultimately it still comes down. So go ahead, Dave. Paid, I don't get paid per hour. That's what I'm saying. Well, you get paid by the job. Yeah. Well, basically, um, so for painting, it's it's you know it's uh, depending on how much you do or you know things like that. So well, I, I take it your your question for Lior basically is. How many hours a week do I have to work before I can collect some overtime? So is there a limit, Lior? Does he have to, anything over a 40-hour week, uh, say painting on this piecemeal job, uh, anything over 40 hours automatically overtime kicks in? Yep. Eight hours a day, 40 hours a week is overtime. And and a lot of employers think that in certain jobs, uh, you're not going to get overtime or or that, well, it's too bad for you if you didn't get the job on time. The thing is this, when overtime is worked, even if it's not formally approved, it has to get paid. So my advice, Dave, if you if you feel that you're working more overtime and you don't get paid, with respect to those matters, such as overtime, the place to to, to contact for help is the Ministry of Labor, uh, because th- that's really what they do. Even though I, I say on the show often, you can't go to the Ministry of Labor for help with respect to, say, termination of employment. With respect to overtime, yeah, it is a good place to go to, because it does seem like if you work more than 40 hours a week, then yeah, you are owed overtime, even if it's piecemeal work, uh, and you, you should get that paid. Okay, that's great. I just was trying confused about how they would calculate that because, like you say, if you're not getting paid per hour, it's it's easy calculation when it's per hour, but it's sure. I, it becomes questionable, I guess, uh, per piece. Yeah, when you say piecemeal, it means you and and the person you're doing the job for have agreed to an overall price. Yeah, is that what yeah. you're suggesting? Yeah, like for example, if you did, um, uh, I don't know, ten dollars per every uh, you know x number of square feet. Uh, and, uh, you know, I guess they would look at it as a percentage of pay, right? Right. Well, well, Lior, let me jump in here, because isn't it really the responsibility of the contractor, in this case Dave, to adequately quote on the job? So there's there's a bit more to it because ultimately it comes down to whether the law would consider someone to be an employee or a real contractor. If you're truly a contractor, you you give your services to to a bunch of people. You're not working exclusively or for or, or or mostly for one company. Then yes, there's a relationship there of a business relationship, not an employment one. And the law essentially stays out of that. So really, it's up to you and up to uh, the other uh, side to decide on the terms. But in many of these situations, while it's supposed to be contracting, it really is, at least in the eyes of the law, an employment relationship, which means you're working for them really only for them, and, and you're working for them exclusively or at least exclusively for a period of time under their supervision, etc. So in that situation, you can't avoid 
the law. You can't avoid legal rights and legal entitlements by misclassifying or by calling yourself something that you're not. So a lot of it may have to do with whether the law would deem you to be an employee or if the law would really deem you to be a contractor. If you really are a contractor, then there's no overtime. Uh, as I said, the law stays out of that relationship. Uh, so are, are you working regular hours with this company? Yeah, like uh, basically a, a contracted um for the contractor, if that makes sense. So uh, just um, it's 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 not regular because it, like I said, it varies wildly. Like some some weeks it'll be under forty, some weeks well over forty hours. So I I guess I should phone the Ministry of Labor and uh, kind of clear that up. Well, Dave, yeah, I, I, I think in those situations, absolutely. Okay, uh, Dave, why don't you uh, whip a quick email to Lior? Help at employmenthour.com. Help at employmenthour.com, and just reiterate what you've told us the, uh, this afternoon, and uh, maybe Lior can you know, get you some, some more advice in written form, or you can call him toll-free during the week, one 821 We're taking your calls live on this, the Employment Hour, on News Talk 980, CKNW, Manny Bazunas, along with Lior, Sam Firu, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. We take your calls every week at this hour. So really do want to hear from you, 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898, or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, let's talk to Ed. Ed, how are you? I'm well. I have a couple of questions. Um, is it a good idea, if you're being brought in in a management position, to work an agreement that says that you're let go prior to 12 months that there's a guaranteed buyout. And the second question I have is if an employer does not have a no compete clause in your contract, is it okay to contact clients that you may have got well in that position because there is no uh, do not contact clause in your contract? Sure. Excellent questions, both of them. So let's talk about the first one. You're asking me if, if uh, you're coming to a new position as a manager, is it good to have some sort of a guaranteed buyout? And what you mean by that is a term that says that if they have to let you go in the first period of time or for a period of time, they're going to pay you a certain amount of severance, a certain amount of money. The thing is this, for that buyout provision, for something like that to make sense, it would have to be it would have to provide you for more than what you would have been entitled to in the absence of that buyout provision. So, so let me give you an example. Uh, let, let's talk about 12 months of employment in a senior position. What age or how old are you? What, what would be the age of the person in question? 56. So in that situation, if there's no guaranteed buyout provision, you're probably looking at anywhere from four to six months pay in the first year. That, that's assuming the law takes care of it. That's assuming there's nothing in the agreement. So for the buyout provision to, to be worthwhile, you'd want it to have something north of six months. So if the buyout provision says, yeah, if we let you go in the first year, we're going to pay you eight months pay, well, yeah, that's great, right? Because that's more than what the law says. On the other hand, if the buyout provision says, if we let you go in the first year and we'll give you two months pay, well, wait a second, why, why did you agree to something that pays you less than what the law would otherwise provide for you? So th- does that make sense, Ed? It does, but you you hear mixed opinions from different people. Some people say that employers have the right to let you go almost for no reason in the first three months. It's sort of a look-see. Is that the case, or is that just BS? 
they only have a right to let you go without compensation in the first three months is if, if you sign an employment agreement that says that. If okay. you sign an employment agreement that says, in the first three months, I, the employer, can let you go and pay you nothing, well, that guess what? Then that's the case. It, it's not automatic. A lot of people think there's this automatic three-month provision. No, it's not automatic. It has to be in an employment agreement. But then again, what happens in month four and five and eight and 12? The only way that you want to have a guaranteed buyout provision is if it provides for you a better deal than what the law would provide for you. So there's a tool that I created called the Severance Calculator. It's available at severancepaycalculator.com. You can always input your entitlement or your, your factors, your stats there, your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you see what you're owed. Now, if you can get something in an agreement that's better than that, by all means, you absolutely want that. But here's the problem. In most cases, when you stipulate something in an employment agreement as respect to termination entitlements, that term is going to provide you for less than what the law provides. That's a bad idea. In most cases, I say you're better off not addressing termination in an employment agreement and simply having the law take care of it when the time comes. It's rare that I see a termination clause that's better than what the law would provide. So my, my, my short answer then, maybe it's long by now, is no, you're not, it's not generally a good idea to have a buyout provision, uh, again, unless it's very ge- uh, generous. Well, to I, your I, second question, go ahead, man. Well, I was, going to, I was going to suggest on Ed's behalf that unless you're a skilled employment lawyer like yourself, how would you know if that guaranteed buyout agreement that Ed was talking about is equal or better than what he would be owed uh, if there was no agreement, as you point out? I mean, yeah, and, unless and, you're legally trained and, and understand your rights under the law, how, why would you sign any agreement? Right. And the thing is this. You may sign something that says, if I let you go, I'm going to give you six months pay. That might sound great. And it may be great if you're let go in the first year. But what happens if you work there for two years, five years, 15 years? You're still there stuck, stuck, quote unquote, with the six months pay. Whereas if the law was taking care of you, you could be entitled to 12 months pay, 18 months pay. So that's why, generally speaking, unless it's a generous termination clause, and by generous I mean something that provides for north of 12 months' pay, I say you're better off not having it. You're better off letting the law take care of it based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And there's really never going to be exceptions to this. In the meantime, now, yeah, I was going to say in the meantime, Ed, you can go, as Lior pointed out, uh, to something very, very special he's uh, set up, Severance Pay Calculator. Uh, dot com severance pay calculator dot com and put in some of your variables and you'll get a baseline of what you're owed but better still uh send Lior an email help at employmenthour.com or call him toll free one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'd love to hear from you. Six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight we are live with the Employment Hour on News Talk nine eighty CKNW Manny Bazunas along with Lior Sam Firu one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. More of your calls when we come back. Can't believe how quickly this hour goes by when you're inundated with calls and emails and questions for the nation's leading employment lawyer, Lior Samfiru. You are listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas. Really pleased you could be with us. We're heard at this hour every weekend on this radio station. So many problems in the workplace today. Gosh, it used to be so much easier. Or did it, Lior? to get into the workplace today. One of the things I found has changed over the years 
Um, the fact that so many big companies have brought in uh, what is referred to as human resources, and I've always believed that human resources is really just another arm of the company. In other words, as an employee, I wouldn't trust human resources if my life depended on it, because they're really, in my opinion, and maybe you can straighten me out on this, they're just simply a mole for the employer. <laughs> I mean, really, they're paid by the employer. Why would they be on my side? Now, they might be able to give me a couple of brief answers on what my rights are, but they're the last people I would be going to with a beef. I would, I would be going to a Lior Sanfiru if I had a beef. Come on, Manny. Tell us what you really think, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 but, but in all seriousness, the biggest problem I find with, with the HR people uh, is that they're not legally trained, and, and they, they don't necessarily appreciate uh, what the law is in certain situations, the employer's obligations, uh, the employee's entitlements. Uh, oftentimes, HR people are trained in certain things. They're trained in, in, in hiring and recruitment, uh, and and you know dealing with uh, with certain aspects of, of payment, etc. Uh, but oftentimes, they're not uh, trained in, in resolving workplace conflict and, and identifying issues. Uh, and and that's the problem. That's the problem. And they're put in a position often when they're required to make decisions. They're not trained to do so. Uh, and a lot of problems arise then. So I, I, I'm going to give at least some HR people the benefit of the doubt and say they may have the best of intentions, but they're simply not in a position to do anything about it. But but certainly to your point, a lot of uh, HR people may uh, may not be very helpful because they're you know, quote unquote, in cahoots with the employer. And that, that simply may be a situation. If, if I'm an HR person, I have a boss as well. I, I can't do something that would upset that boss or my job would be in jeopardy. So yes, in reality, if you have a workplace conflict, you can't count on the HR person. That's something you have to deal with yourself. You have to deal with your own advisor. And a lot of what I do, my team does, uh, is, is help people in those situations. A lot of what we do is work with people that are actually working to try to, try to help their workplace uh, situation. Uh, and if we can't get it improved, is to get them out of there, but make sure that they get the compensation that they're owed. 604-280-9898. If you've got a workplace issue, love to hear from you. If you've been terminated, not quite sure what to do with that package you've been offered. Uh, number one suggestion is don't sign it until you talk to Lior. But uh, if you have some questions on whether, for example, and we're going to get to some of your emails in a moment, um, what do I do when they escort me out? Am I entitled to go back and get my computer information? Am I entitled to go back? I, Lior, I've known 30-year employees who've never taken so much as a paper clip from their employer, marched right. to the door by a security guard. I can't think of anything more humiliating. Uh, but in any event, that's the nature of the workplace today. 604-280-9898. Love to hear from you. 604-280-9898. You're listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. So why not give him a quick buzz and get the buzz on what the problem is. Dear Lior, I am on long-term disability, but have been recently cut off by the insurance company. My employer is insisting that I come back to work, but I'm still not well. What can I do? Regards, Paul. Wow. And, and, and Paul, this is actually as unfortunate that it is, it's a common situation. So there's two issues we have to look at here. The first is the fact that your insurance company, the long-term disability insurance company, has cut you off. 
let, let's face it, and this is the reality, insurance companies are in the business of trying to stop paying people if they can avoid it, right? They're, they're in the business of collecting premiums, hopefully not paying people. And if your insurance company has, uh, has cut you off before your doctor says you're ready to return to work, that is wrong. They shouldn't be doing that. Happens often, and most people, when they get cut off by their disability insurer, uh, think that there's nothing they could do, it is what it is, and they move on. No, it's wrong. They're not allowed to legally do that. So the first thing we need to do is to make sure that we deal with your insurance company so they actually don't cut you off or they put you back on. Give me a call. My team and I deal with that all the time. We, we deal with the insurance companies uh, on disability leave issues to make sure that they don't cut off people before the individual is ready. Now, to the second part, which is dealing with your employer. So your employer may be saying, Paul, well, wait a second. Uh, you've been cut off disability. That means you can come back to work, so you better come back to work or else we'll consider you to have resigned or, or, or we consider you to be able to let you go for cause for not showing up. Well, not so fast. As long as your doctor, your doctor is saying that you cannot work, that's all you need to be allowed to be off work. So you need to make it very clear to your employer by giving them a letter or a note from your doctor that says you cannot work. Once they do have that, they cannot legally do anything in the face of that document. They can't say too bad, we don't believe it. They can't say too bad, we're going to treat you as having resigned anyway. If they do that, that becomes a human rights issue. It's a wrongful dismissal. In other words, it's illegal. So we can deal with your insurance company. We can also deal with your employer if they're giving you a hard time. Make sure you get that doctor's note. And please, if there's any pushback by the insurance company, by your employer, you have to give me a call. This is serious stuff we're talking about. Toll free, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900. Email Lior, help at employmenthour.com or call us live right now. 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898, or star 9898 on your cell. Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers, on the air with us every weekend at this hour. You're listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas. Daryl, welcome to the show. Okay, hi. Hi, yeah. Um, okay, I'm... I got a question, all right? And it's an, I'm really glad you gentlemen are bringing this subject up, okay? And this is a very quick true story. Um, I was temping out, you know, for a temp agency and um, lifting some very, very heavy glass. Long story short, strained my back. And um, in that case, the insurance company is work safe. And WorkSafe told me, and this this is my part of my question after the statement, okay? Because you know it was it was you know I wasn't crippled. There's no broken bones or nothing, but it was serious enough that after basically one week, WorkSafe basically ordered me, even against my doctor's letter and stuff, they ordered me to go back to physio which I wasn't quite ready for. So that's my question. So, you know, when, you, when you're up against WorkSafe, what's your answer? And thank you. Yeah, and, and you know, WorkSafe is, is a very uh, slow and bureaucratic uh, organization. And oftentimes, uh, you know, again, they're in the business of trying to, to get you off WorkSafe, to get you off compensation. So what I can tell you 
is that you need to know how to work that system. So give me a call off air. There's a, a bit more than what we can talk a, about here on the air, and, and I can I can help you with them. But sometimes it's enough of me uh, drafting a letter to give them a bit of a kick in the pants so that they know that you're not comfortable or, or your doctor is telling you you need to do something else. Uh, oftentimes the analysis starts with your doctor uh, Daryl, and they shouldn't be asking you to do anything that your doctor is telling you not to do, or if your doctor is telling you is the wrong thing to do. Uh, remember, their goal is to just have you go back to work as soon as possible so that they can get you off their rolls. Uh, and if your doctor is saying that's not what needs to be happening, then they should lay off. Uh, so let's you and I speak off air, uh, and and let's uh, let's see what we could do to to get them off your back. Uh, Daryl, here are the numbers to get a hold of Lior during the week, or if you want to hang on, he can speak to you off air toll free one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, or you can email Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. Help at employmenthour.com. Remember, Daryl. Insurance companies, just like ICBC, they are not your friends. They do not. They do not want to give you money. <laughs> That's the number one thing. They don't want to make any payouts. Uh, let's take another quick call before we leave for this evening, uh, Lior. Alex, welcome to the Employment Hour on News Talk nine eighty CKNW. Hello. Hi. Hi. Got a question. Uh, an employee that's been thirty-seven years. Uh, with the company, and uh, they receive an injury. Uh, over a period of time, the employer says, we want you to go and see our doctor. So is that your question for Lior? Yeah, employer he, should... Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I, I get that often. Uh, they they want to see their doctor because they're going to pay this doctor, hopefully to tell them what they want to hear. So bottom line is no, you don't have to agree to that. The only time it may make sense is if there's already conflicting information. If there's two doctors already that are saying, one is saying uh, you're good to work, one is saying you're not good to work, then maybe it's okay to go to another doctor to break the tie. But if your doctor is saying something and it's clear, then they can't say, well, no, we want you to see another doctor. So if they have specific questions, if they want to know more about your limitations, if they want to know more about your ability to do the work, they can pose those questions to your doctor, and you're going to get them that information from your doctor. I, don't, I think it's a very bad idea to see a doctor that's going to be specifically paid for by the employer uh, because you know who, whose loyalties uh, the doctor is going to have uh, in mind. So no, make sure that you, uh, you tell them they can ask questions, you provide them that information from your doctor. If they harass you, if they insist that you do things you're not prepared to do, you give me a call. You have a lot of seniority there, 37 years, so you want to make sure that you're treated properly. Alex, love to hear from you down the road once you get that cleared up, but uh, get a hold of Lior during the week, and he'll uh, help you out with that. Help at employmenthour.com is Lior's email address. Help at employmenthour.com. You can call him toll-free during the week, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900. You've been listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. We'll see you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.